What up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Sheik Lutz, L-O-X, D-Block, Silverback Gorilla up in here. Hey, yo, Poe, what's good, fam? You know what I'm saying? Right now, we Poe politicking with my homie Poe. You heard? Poe politicking. That's, that's hard. You know what I mean? Where self-help meets hip-hop. You know what I mean? That's what it is, man. Poe was good. DJ period, just two black brothers. You know what I'm saying? We three black brothers. The Locks doing what we do, too. You know what I mean? Preserving the hip-hop culture and all that and introducing the future stars. Hey, yo, keep shining, King. You already know what it is, man. We got you over here. You do your thing over there. Shigluch, L-O-X, D-Block. Yeah, Popolitikin. Peace. Popolitikin.com Welcome back to Popolitikin.com. Your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you go on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Apple Music. Listen to some of our interviews since 2008. One, two, one, two, and place to be with Hotel for Hustle, U- Hustle University. How you doing, bro? I'm great, man. You said 2008. Woo, you are OG. Yeah, I'm OG. Me and, me and you talked in 2011. Wow, wow. Man, man. Yeah, man, salute to you, man, for keeping it going, man. That, that says a lot about your character to be so consistent. So, yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. And then I was saying, I think last time we talked, I think you had just came out with the uh, Ten Hustle Commandments. That's the only, I remember that's where you was at last time we talked, so we was talking about that. Well, you know, The Hustler's Ten Commandments, that's my most popular book, but that came out in 2006. So people, um, you know, even in 2011, that book was popping. Even now, 2020, The Hustler's Ten Commandments is still my number one selling book, even though I've written over 20. Uh, so, yeah, you know, The Hustler's Ten, that's that's my claim to fame. I'm saying so then... um. No, you got a kid now. You be talking about fatherhood a lot. So how was that? Man, I'm enjoying fatherhood. That is, you know, so I went from speaking a lot in uh, and focusing a lot on entrepreneurship, which I still do a lot today, but more that the shift of mindset that, that requires to become a successful entrepreneur. Um, then taking that information, that shift, that mindset shifting information and applying it to education because I was a former school teacher. And so I took that same competency of helping develop uh, those soft skills, if you will, and apply that in the classroom and developing curriculum for schools. And that really took off for me in such a way. But now becoming a parent for the first time has taken, you know, has allowed me to take a lot of what I teach and apply it from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like as Fred, Frederick Douglass once said, you know, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And so the work I found in both sectors, whether in education or in entrepreneurship and helping people build business, is that I'm work, I find myself working with adults who are broken, adults who um, have suffered from different types of traumas and being misinformed, ill-informed, miseducated. Uh, developed uh, dysfunctional beliefs about themselves and the world and other people. And those things have settled in and hardened like a crust around them. So when I'm training teachers or when I'm training entrepreneurs, that's really the work that I have to deal with is, you know, the the hardened crust around a, a dysfunctional mindset. And when that happens, you know, it doesn't matter what you, what kind of information a person gets when they have a dysfunctional mindset. It always comes out as it always the output always comes out as uh, as more dysfunction. That's why knowledge is not power. A lot of people, you know, 
beyond that knowledge is power statement. It's a, it's a false statement because we all know smart people that make stupid decisions, right? So what that means is if we, if you or anyone knows on this, you know, that's listening to this, knows the smart people that make stupid decisions, you also know that knowledge is not power. It's not information that necess necessitates power in our lives. It's indeed the strategic application of knowledge that brings power. The strategic application of knowledge and the way we apply that information and those resources that we have is what makes all the difference. So in any case, uh, that is the reason why a lot of people, no matter how educated they become, they will never be successful in business um, and uh, they'll never make the gains and uh, meet, meet the, the goals that they have set for themselves because they haven't made that shift in mindset. Uh, so in any case, I say all that to say becoming a father allows me to pour all of myself in, and all of that information into a human being from the beginning to build a strong uh, child instead of so that no one has to repair him as a, as a young man, you know, as an adult. And so I'm very honored to, to be a father. I'm excited about fatherhood. So far, so good. He's only one year old, but uh, you know, you can already see um, the, you know, what has been planted in him even before birth. You know, and so um, I'm just excited about that, and excited about teaching that which I know now from a practical standpoint as a parent, and not just from a, a you know, a academic or a theo theoretical perspective. So. Yeah, man, loving it, man. And salute to you and your new your new child. Yeah, thank you. Now, um, you kind of touched on the next topic. I was gonna ask you, what are some ways you can shift mindsets? Mm -hmm. Shifting mindset um, ultimately starts with belief systems, right? So the mindset. So let, let me just go back and define mindset. So mindset, in short, directs what we do with what we have. All right. So mindset is the way we think, which informs how we act or how we apply that which we know or have. So when I talked earlier about knowledge not being power, well, we all know smart people that make stupid decisions. Why? How can a smart person make a stupid decision? That's it. Smart is the input, but the intelligence is the input, but the stupid decision and action is the output. Or what happens in between is the mindset. It's like a processing system that occurs. So you can put great information. You can go to all the workshops. You know, you know this, man. You know, you meet these people. They are so educated, man. They, they read all the self-help books. They saw all the documentaries. You know, they're always listening to Pole Politicking and other podcasts, and, you know, e-books and audio books. They go to church every Sunday. They go to all the, the uh, you know, empowerment seminars. But they still broke. They're still miserable. Life is hellacious for them. So for all of that that they've learned, they have no real results in their lives. And they've been doing this, and you know these people, because they've been doing this for years. This is not something that's new. This is a lifestyle for them. They're sponge. They're, sponged. They, they're, they're caught up with this idea that knowledge is power, which it is not. They, what's happened for them is they, have, they suffer from a dysfunctional mindset a mindset that processes information in such a way that it actually works against itself. And so, um, again, mindset, to, to put it in, in layman's terms, is the way we think, sorry about that, mindset is the way we think which informs what we do with what we have. 
meaning what we uh, what we know or what we uh, you know what we ta- have tangibly. So if a person wants to shift their mindset, if, if a person and, and the only reason why you should want to shift your mindset is if you're not able to achieve the goals that you have set for yourself, right? So for example, if anybody's listening to this and they have everything that they want, that their life is beautiful and abundant and and affluent and all the things they're able to achieve their goals consistently. And obviously you have the right mindset. You're processing that with you, the information that you have in a way that gets you the results that you want. So if you have, if that's what's going on for you that you're listening and you're listening to this mindset is fine. No need to shift that mindset. Of course you can learn some new things, but ultimately because you have a great mindset, those new things that you learn are going to help you. So in your case with the right mindset, knowledge will become you will be able to take that knowledge and process it through a mindset and become powerful. I'm really speaking to you know people that are interested in shifting a mindset. It should be those people that do not have the life that they want, have not achieved the goals, and consistently do not achieve the goals that they want. Constantly find themselves um, down, feeling down emotionally. People that are uh, not don't have the money that they want. Okay. Don't have the relationships that they want. Or don't have just the lifestyle that they want. You know, they find themselves just basically unhappy for all those different reasons, right? That is a person that should really consider shifting their mindset. The way that's done ultimately starts with focusing on what a person believes. The first step to shifting mind to shifting a mindset is centered around beliefs because beliefs are the building blocks of mindset, right? what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about other people, and what we believe about the future and the, the way the world works. So with that being said, uh, that's what the Hustler's Ten Commandments was all about. You know, the Hustler's Ten Commandments is a, 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 a ten principles that help shift the mindset. You know, what I used to call that hustler's mindset, right? I still call it today, you know, that hustler's mindset. What does a hustler do? A hustler makes a way. A hustler doesn't sit around talking about, I don't have no resources. No, a hustler says, you know what? The lack of resources is forcing me to become very resourceful, right? That's how hustlers think. Hustlers don't sit around talking about, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. Like most people do, oh, we don't have this. We don't have They whine, complain, and blame other people. No, that's not what hustlers do. Hustlers go make a way. They say, you know what? I don't have it, but not having is no excuse for not getting. Let me get on my hustle, right? Now. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and you know, I got I got coached for days on all this. So my point is, that's a shift in mindset. Some people sit around looking at the obstacles; other people see the opportunity. That's a shift in mindset. Hustlers understand that very like. If you're a bona fide hustler, go getter. The things that I'm saying <laughs> is resonating with you right now. You're like, damn, look, Bing, Bing, Bing. Other people are like, oh, you know, that's yeah, you, right. You know, you know it's like it's in me. Uh, huh? Like, like I do the podcast and people be thinking like, oh, what I need? Like, they think they need all this equipment. I'm like, shit, you need a computer and a damn mic and good to work. They think they oh. need all this shit and they, that'll hold them back. They think they need a whole studio to do some shit. Yeah. And, that, and that's our big problem as black people. You know what I'm saying? That, that's our big problem. Like, you know, all this stuff going on in news is the racial and social unjust uh, unrest going on. And we don't need no more. We got all the money. We got all the resources. We have all the power we need, but too many of us black people as a, as a race of people in America suffer from a poverty mindset. We suffer still from that slave mindset. So ultimately the way, the things we believe about ourselves are dysfunctional, right? So I can take this in levels of business. 
I could take this in levels of education. I could take this in levels of of race, right? A lot of black people have been sold the idea that we don't have the like. You know, I come, I came up. Um, I was gonna ask you about that. The ownership of slave ship post you made, so you yeah. got to put it to it. Okay, all right. Well, you know, so a lot of us as uh, as black people have been sold the idea that you know, and are guilty in saying we're, we're complicit in our own uh, unequal treatment. Uh, and the way I, the reason why I say that is because we actually believe we don't have power. You know, we've been sold the idea that we don't have power and we've internalized that. And that is the biggest problem that I find we have in this country as African-Americans is the belief that we don't have power. So for example, there used to be, you know, we used to say, I went to a HBCU, I went to Morehouse. And one of the statements we used to say, which I hear still to this day is, Oh, you know, I, black people can't be racist. We don't have the power to be racist. That's not true. That's not true at all. We do have the power to be racist. Now, anybody that is, that is black like myself and in power knows how you and in leadership and in power knows that how we can exert a racist feeling or um, or or you know mindset that we have. I am in power. I'm the leader of an organization. I'm constantly put in places where my perception, my words, and my thoughts impact other people. So yes, black people do have the power to be racist. You tell me if Oprah Winfrey was racist, that she doesn't have the power to, uh, to impact people's lives based off of race? Absolutely. So my point is first and foremost, black people have to realize how powerful we really are innately and divinely. No one gives us power. We've already been born with the power. And that's our biggest problem. So we, so my point is, we're complicit in um, the justice and the unequal treatment because we buy into these ideas. Alice, uh, Alice Walker said, "You know what? The quickest way for anyone to give up their power is by uh, um, the quickest way people give up their power is not realizing that they have it in the first place." Mm -hmm. Right? That's us as black people. We've given up our power, and so now you hear our language today. Our language is always as if we're asking other people to green light us in the, in the music industry, right? We're always asking someone to give us the permission to write a book, for example, as authors, you know, please, you know, produce me, please publish me, please, um, you know, give me a job, please, you know, give me this certification to let the world know that I, I, I am smart, right? right. We're always <laughs> Put in this uh, position where we're asking and waiting for someone to do for us that which we can ultimately do for ourselves. And once we get over that, that is the biggest hurdle that we have to get over. That shift in mindset. I don't know how, how I got into the black, you know, the black conversation, but um, you know, that shift in mindset is ultimately what it's going to take for us to have um, the, the the justice and freedom and all those things that we want in this country. You know what I'm saying? I've been. Another way I'll put it, for those of you that are listening and don't like the way I put it that way, I'll say it this way. Black people are in an abusive domestic violence relationship with the United States. Mm. Right? We are in an abusive relationship with our country. Now, any of you listening that are familiar with an abusive relationship, right? you have one person, typically a man, that is um, uh, you know, uh, abusing a woman. Now that abuse can come physical, but it also comes mental, it comes sexual, financial, emotional. There's several ways a person is abused. 
And yes, in this country, black people are abused all those ways and more, right? So right now, and forever since we've been in this country, we've been in an abusive relationship. The problem is, what happens is once we, once black people are abused uh, by our country, this is what uh, this is what we do. We turn around, uh, get mad at the abuser. Stop abusing me. That's what we say. Stop abusing me. You know, you need to be a better person. You know, be right. Do the right thing. This, that, and the other. Right. That's that's what all the marching, protesting, and rioting is all about. Right. And then the abuser says, "Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for abusing you. I'm gonna stop abusing you. Here's a flower. Right. Here's some flowers. Uh, here's some chocolates." Here's a card and a letter saying, hey, I'm going to stop abusing you, okay? I love you. I'm not going to abuse you anymore. What do we as Black people do? We accept the trinkets. We accept <laughs> the chocolates. Yeah. We accept the flowers. We accept the cards. We say, oh. He's going to do it again. It's going to change. Oh, thank you, abuser. Thank you for recognizing that you're wrong. Thank you for the cards and the treatment. You really do love me. Uh, so you know what? Uh, we can get back into our relationship and continue. Because I know things are going to be different. And then what happens? You know, we get abused again. Rodney King happens. You know, Eric Garner happens. And then Jimmy Till happens. Jimmy Till happens, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, we keep going back. I'm just giving you the recent yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, we still talking about the same thing. Jimmy Till, yeah. that was the longest time ago. And that's why I keep saying, it's like, this is a cycle that uh, will, it, it has been happening since since we've been in this country and, and will continue. Like, everybody's talking about now, oh, it's different now. Why, why do we think it's different? Because we got cameras. Huh? Got cameras. Everything's recorded now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. They, no, but we, we think that now because the, the, the we're painting, um, you know, streets on a street, you know, painting words on streets now that things are different. We say, oh, white people out here holding signs for us and getting involved. Oh, thank you, white man, for helping us, right? We think things are any different. We forgot in the 60s, white people were out there just as much as we were. Right? Yeah. So my point is, ain't nothing different. Ain't nothing different. It's the same game. It's the same relation. Nothing will change until we change the relationship. Right? I'll say it again. Nothing will change about the abusive relationship that we are in with our country until we, the people with the power, change the relationship. The problem is, as I said, with mindset, because we think that we don't have the power we're constantly waiting for the abuser to make the change for us. We place the responsibility on the abuser to make changes. And that is the reason why we will continue to be in this relationship. Uh, you know, th things will continue to happen. And now what the abuser will do is they will, sh you know, they will shift the type of abuse. So right now we're very sensitive to physical abuse, right? So what the abuser is going to do is say, you know what? Oh, we're going to change police policies. We're going to change a lot of procedures out there so the physical abuse stops. But then what the abuser will do, because he's very slick and smart, been doing this for a long time, <laughs> and then abuser will shift it, and they'll make it uh, mental abuse, right? And then will, he'll shift it to emotional abuse. So my point is the abuse continues. We think, oh, he's no longer smacking us with the police. But you know what? Yeah, they, they changed the rules around the police. But then they upped the ante when it came to the courts and the judges. So they don't kill us in the streets. Now they kill us in the courtroom. You see, but we're not paying attention to that. That's how that's how this game is played. Right. That's how the, the, the abuser plays the game. They shift the types of abuse that they bestow upon us. We get excited about changes made in one area of abuse. But then all they do is just shift their uh, um, their their energy to different types of abuse that we're not paying attention to because we fail to see the big picture the nature of the relationship, the nature of the abuser, and ultimately the solution is 
changing the relationship significantly between us and our country. Now, that's done in many different ways, right? Some people might say, oh, well, you know, be like Jennifer Lopez and beat the abuser up, right? You know, enough, right? Then the movie enough, or you, could, you know, beat the abuser up. That ain't gonna happen, right? We can't beat the abuser up, but we don't have to, right? We, there's other ways to change the relationship, right? So we can just say, you know what, abuser? I'm gone, I'm leaving, right? We can, and a lot of black people are talking about this, you know, let's leave America, right? And, you know, Exodus, they call it black sit, for those that are wondering, right? And let's get out of the, let's get out of the country all, you know, all in all. Personally, Garvey I believe, was talking about that, right? When Marcus Garvey talking about that back in the day? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, and I'm a son of Garvey, you know, you, anybody that's read the Hustlers Ten Commandments, no, Garvey's my hero, right? So that's another way. I question whether or not, how, I question how, whether, you know, how effective that would be. Um, ultimately, I think that uh, the, the best way to um, change the relationship between us and our abuser is by demonstrating to the abuser uh, that it is by proclaiming our own independence, even though we can exist right next to, uh, right next to him. So for example, I use a young lady, for example. So some girls in, in an abusive relationship, they'll stab and shoot their abuser, you know, and, and go to jail for that, right? Um, well, yeah, some of them do it, it would be justified, some of it would be justified, right? But oftentimes that's not a good strategy. Uh, others, they'll leave the relationship. And, um, you know, but the abuser is still an abuser. And every time she sees that guy, you know, it's still that, that tension, that, 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 you know, I'm still scared of him, I'm just gone. I left, I ran away from him, so I have to stay away from him because I can't exist in the same room with him because I'll fear that mental, emotional, or physical abuse. So ultimately, by running away, you just kind of demonstrate that you, you know, that you know you're either scared, or uh, you know, you know, either scared or you can't, you know, you can't compete. You know, you can't compete with the abuser at all. So you just ran away. I find, I, I think, uh, another way, a third way, at least. And I don't know which is gonna. I'll say the way that I like. I prefer is say, no, nah, I can compete. I can stand right next to you. Let me show you that you are not, uh, you, you can't beat me. You're not superior to me. And yes, I get my own money. I get my own thing. And I'm not going to allow you to take it. I'm going to stand right next to you. You know, I'm going to stand right next to you and show you that I am equal to you in all ways. And I demonstrate that by, you know, as a woman, she'll demonstrate that by getting her own job, getting her own, you know, living and driving situation, you know, getting her life together. But she's not afraid to go see the, see the guy like, yeah, what's up? You know, so my point is uh, we can do this as, as black people in this country. And th my strategy for that is what I call ownership of slaveship. That's the that's the statement. You know, I, I don't you know, you'll never hear me talking about Black Lives Matter. That's that's more slave talk. That's more powerless people talk. You know what I'm saying? Only a powerless person will sit there and say my life matters. You see, that's powerless language. You'll never hear that from Hustle University. That's like, let my people go, basically. Yeah, it, it, again, <laughs> say, you know, let my people go. That's, that's another, that's a perfect example. Let my people go is more slave language, right? That's like, okay, that's saying you have the power and I need you to let me go. You ain't never going to hear that from Hustle University. I ain't waiting for nobody to let me go. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> also, Harriet Tubman, you know what I'm saying? Also, that's why I like Harriet Tubman, because Harriet Tubman is not sitting around talking about, oh, let my people go. I'm out of here. That's what that's Harriet Tubman. I'm out of here. 
that's the attitude that black people old even even have. like I'll be like, okay, how America be talking like I remember that one dude. Didn't the one dude say, give me liberty, give me death? Yes, he did. Shit. So what? What's the difference? Why we can't live like that? <laughs> he said, give me liberty or give me death. Shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. 50 Cent said, hey, get rich or die trying. Same attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Same attitude. But again, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear on the shift of language that at Hustle University, teaching an empowered mindset is what we do. Whether you call it the hustler's mindset, you know, um, you know, uh, you call it an achievement mindset, which is something we teach in schools. You know, it's an empowered mindset, the mindset of free thinking, um, powerful people. And with that, we do not ask other people to do for us that which we can do for ourselves. So you will never hear out of my mouth and any of our students and people that come through the Hustle University camp, the language of give me something. You know, even that demanding, you know, people say, oh, no, hotel, we're not asking, we're demanding. Demanding is just a hard ask. Don't, don't act like demanding is any different from asking. It's just a hard ask. Demanding is still positioning yourself in such a way that you're requesting something from someone else as if they have it. My point is for all of us to understand that we have the power. Our problem is we don't exert it. We don't use it. The same way I talked about with knowledge, right? We don't have power because we're not strategically applying that which we know and have. We fail on that miserably each and every time because we don't recognize the nature of this relationship we have with our country, because we have dysfunctional beliefs about ourselves, other people, and the future. And a lot of that for us in this country comes from slavery and other countries around the country. It's a result of colonialism. colonialism. So at the end of the day, black people around the world suffer from a severe identity crisis and inferiority complex. That's the reason why you hear us talk so much about white supremacy. The fuck is that? What's, you got me cursing now, I'm sorry. I don't know what you, said. you know what I'm saying? White supremacy, what is that? That's just an idea somebody has, some white guy has. Okay, so some white people think they're superior. I know. I know, plenty of, I know plenty of black people that think they're superior, but you will never hear black superiority as a thing, right? We, but white people didn't make white, let me just be clear. White people did not make white supremacy as a thing. Black people did. We bought into this idea that a few white people have, and now we made it this big thing, this big monster of a thing. But all white supremacy is, is an idea that a few white people have and now we just turned it into the big boogeyman of the world. You know what I'm saying? The reason why we do that, we created uh, white supremacy as a thing because uh, we actually feel black inferiority. Mm. That's why black. That's why white supremacy is a thing today because black people ultimately feel inferior. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I want to challenge all you guys on to stop talking about that white supremacy thing. Are, do white some do some white people think they're superior? Yeah. So what? And and you know, it's not the big scary monster that you make it out to be. You know what I'm saying? And not every white person that feels um, confident about their history and culture is a supremacist. You know what I'm saying? And if you think they are, then maybe you need to get more right with your history and culture. You know what I'm saying? Because it's ultimately uh, confidence in oneself. Like white people ain't evil and racist uh, and supremacists just because they have confidence in themselves. They only look like that to us because we feel we don't have confidence in ourselves. You see? That's why, you know, we, we have this big issue in our country about that. 
any case, um, yeah. So solution, ownership, or slave ship. That is the that is let's stop black let's stop the hashtag Black Lives Matter, because we already know that. You know what I'm saying? And this hashtag ownership or slave ship. Now that is a statement of strength. That is a statement of power. That is a statement of intention. Instead of people marching to them, oh, my life matters, please, woe is me, my poor people. No, we go out there and we say ownership or slave ship. That's code language right there. That's like, yo, get off the slave ship and let's get on this ownership. The young man why is ownership important? Huh? Why is ownership important to you? Uh, ownership, and let me be clear, I'm not just talking about ownership in business. I'm talking about, okay, great question. We, as long as we allow other people, as long as there's no ownership, then we are always in a position where we put the decision-making on someone else. Let's use the police for an example. We have problems with the Okay. Well, then what's to stop us from building our own security and protection agency? There's nothing to stop us from doing that. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, so we can build within our community, because we have the power to do this, our own security and protection agency so that we don't have to call on the police. Because see, right now, this is the problem. Yeah, you don't like the police, but you got to call them if you got a problem. Who else you going to call? You see, we have no choice, no option. This is what's happening in our communities all across the country. We sit there and say, you know, F the police, you know, defund the police. But as soon as somebody, there's a problem in your household, who you going to call? 911. So but your ultimate... I would huh? say that's, why, that's why, I mean, a lot of the gang started because of that. Nah, don't get me. Okay, we're going to go into that. Exactly. All right, so they, all right, thank you. Thank you for bringing up the history, right? So this is this is us. This is why we stole. This is why the cycle continues. Number one, the biggest uh, idea I want to leave with everybody is that it's ownership or slave ship. And it's not, if, if there's something you don't like or don't have, it is on you to build and create it. And the reason why we don't have that, which we don't like, that we don't have what we like and don't have because we're not building it and creating it, we're waiting for somebody else to do it for us. And in regards to police, we are in a position now where we're saying F the police, defund the police. But at the same time, and we're arguing and fighting with the police. At the same time, when we have a problem, we have to call those same people that yesterday we gave a middle finger to try to destroy their building, right? And then we expect those same people that we middle fingered and said F the police to come on time. You know what I'm saying? To respond. How? You're silly. That's stupid. You know what I'm saying? But we the stupid, we the fools for thinking that we can treat people in such a way one day and then call them the next day for help. What you expect to happen. But that's us, right? So number one, ownership or slaveship. Ownership says, you know what? We don't like the police. So let's get let's remove ourselves from the relationship that we have, that abusive relationship, by creating our own police force, a protection and security security agency. Now, this is done successfully uh, in the nation of Islam with the FOI, mm. right? The FOI is a protection security agency for the nation of Islam. So you know what? Within those communities, you ain't got to call the police. You got options. You can call 911 if you want to. But you know what? If you don't like 911 and don't, don't like the police, you can call the FOI as an option, right, to get your stuff handled. 
And if you need the police involved, you at least have a buffer between the civilians, if you will, and the police. You have that security agency, which can act on your behalf. Number that's number one. Number two, you're right. You know, you talked about you talked about the gays. Well, is it so? A lot of people, you know, some people brought up the idea that hey, no tech. We need to get the Bloods and the Crips and all the other gangs involved. You know what I'm saying? They can be our security and protection agency. All right. Well, the question is, do you really want a, a gang to be your, you know, the, the, gang, the gangs that were ravaging your community earlier? Do you want those people to be your security and protection agency? That, that's a question to ask. But ultimately, as you mentioned, a lot of the gangs started as a result of problems between the community and, and police. And the community said, you know what, we're going to build our own security and protection agency. And that's where a lot of these gangs started now. So for those of us that are interested in creating our security and protection agency, right, it has been done before. It's not a new idea that I'm, I'm introducing. But look at what has happened in the past for many of our communities to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Look, at what, well, look what we did to ourselves. Oh, you want to blame the white man for that one too? Right? Look at we, what we did. Look what we did. Right. So my point is, pay attention to the history, pay attention to the cycles that are occurring. Right. And make a decision on how you're going to move forward with it. At Hulsey University, we champion ownership because if we're not if we're not in control, then we are always on a slave ship. And right now in 2020, yes, black people in this country are still on the slave ship. They just don't know it. That's why what Harriet Tubman said is so important. She said, you know what, I saved, I saved a lot of slaves. I could have saved a lot more if only they knew they were slaves. That's a game. And that's what our country has done. And given us the appearance and feeling that we are off the slave ship, right? And that we're free and have all these things. And, they, and to enable them to continue to abuse us in several other ways and they do the things that they do. You know, we, we had affirmative action. Now we have, you know, other trinkets that they're going to throw at us this time. Oh, we got a, we got a, a, a sign post, you know, uh, names posted on, on streets in New York and, and Washington, D.C. Oh, great. They're taking down symbols. Oh, great. You know, but that's just symbolism. That's more trinkets. That's more flowers and cards, you know. It's not changing anything. They're doing all of that to keep us in the same relationship. That's the key keep black people in the same relationship with our country and its institutions. Do what's necessary to keep that happen, and they will remain on that slave ship without even knowing that's where they are. That is us. Well, Ownership is the key. Go ahead. I'm gonna say, uh, I don't know if you heard that Kanye West song, that new slaves. So it's like, now you got like, especially black people, we're like consumer slaves. So, you know, we, the name brands, people spending a thousand dollars on belts and shit. Two hundred dollars on a handkerchief because it say Gucci on it. <laughs> because we have no value, we don't value ourselves. We value still we value the white man. Instead of spending, like imagine, like you spending all that money on a belt, man, you could have made like a whole outfit, your own outfit for like shit, three outfits with your own money with that. Instead of you want to get that Gucci on it or whatever, Chanel or whatever. Absolutely, that's that that poverty mindset. You know, we we say the white man's white the, the white man's ice is colder. Right, the, the white man's <laughs> money is greener. You know, we still we still believe that. You know, and so even in 2020, after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all of that, we sit here talking all that Black Lives Matter. But ultimately, we the ones that need to understand that. You know, yeah. what I'm saying we the ones that need to internalize that. That ain't a symbol for for other people. 
You know, we act like that's something that we need to teach other people. No, we need to teach that to ourselves. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So that's the reason why we value a Gucci belt. Let a black man put a uh, let a black man put his name on a belt and see how that sells. You know what yeah, I'm saying? No, yeah. yeah, except for Jordans. Except for Jordans, right? Except for Jordans. Jordans, black man name, okay. You know, but outside of that, you know, anything with a black name or associated with black people is devalued because you'd rather have those white, and particularly European people, white Europeans. I'm saying, I see you have a book club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started a book club, um, and, uh, um, a virtual book club, obviously, because of COVID-19. Um, so on a monthly basis, we meet with the, the people that are uh, part of our uh, part of our membership, if you will. And, uh, you know, when people purchase the Hustlers Survivors, so people purchase all of our eBooks in one collection. It's called the Hustlers Survival Kit. In the Hustlers Survival Kit, you have uh, all the books that I've written, all the entrepreneur self-empowerment books that I've written are in the Hustlers Survival Kit. By the way, all that's found at hustleuniversity.org. Um, and so, yeah, they go there, uh, they get access to it, and then they're invited to the monthly meetings for our book club, man. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, this is a perfect time to, you know, just focus on shifting that mindset, my brother, shifting that mindset. I, I appreciate you for bringing that up. Yeah, then you had uh, the last thing I want to talk about. It says applying spiritual principles to manifestation. So uh, I, I alluded to this earlier, you know, I don't like it. I don't consider myself to be a preacher. A lot of people mistake what I speak about being devoid of spirituality. And ultimately, obviously, they don't know me. You know, my first book is called The Hustler's Ten Commandments. My third book is called The Hustler's Gospel. My collection of books is called The Hustler's Bible, right? Now, the reason being is because everything that I'm speaking about right now is speaking to the idea that uh, God, uh, that as much as uh, God is outside of us, uh, yeah. God is also within us, right? And that is a big, that's when I said, uh, that leads to the point that I mentioned earlier about power. Our power doesn't come from white people. Our power doesn't come from the government or uh, large corporations that can give us the green light for the production of anything. The power comes from here. That's why I say, yes, all of us do have the power to be racist. We have the power to feel like supremacists if we want. We have the power to change the world, you know, and that power is not by asking other people to do it for us. That power is by doing it ourselves. That power is God power. So when I speak, and when you, if you read the Hustlers Ten Commandments, if you read any of my books, all you will see is the understanding of God power resting within and how an individual can apply God power here on earth through business, through self-advocacy, through education, and, uh, and, and through uh, social justice, right? So um, yeah, that's where that whole spirituality thing comes to play. I don't talk a lot about God because I am God, you understand? So why I, gotta, I don't need to talk about myself all I need to do is exist and show and demonstrate to everybody what can be done by understanding one's innate divine power. So yeah, man, that's uh, all my work. All of it comes from that understanding, singular, that singular understanding first and foremost. And uh, everything else flows, you know what I'm saying? Ownership of slaveship. That's spiritual principles right there. Put it to the test. You know what I'm saying? 
And as far as uh, Hustle University, for those that are forgot, hustle means work. It means get out there and do something for yourself. Anybody got a problem with that? You know, well, for all you Bible totes, well, I remember something that talked about faith. Yeah, but they say faith without works is dead. So what they say, faith without hustle ain't nothing. There it is. You know what I'm saying? Faith, your faith without any hustle ain't nothing. Because knowledge without power, knowledge, you know, knowledge is not power for the same reason. You see what I'm saying? It always takes hustle, no matter what it is that you do. So don't let nobody sell you on, oh, you don't need to hustle. I'm not a hustler. Get far away from those people that talk about they don't hustle. That's yeah. not about hustling. Get far away from the liars or ignorant people. Yep, go ahead, Pope. So I've been, um, this might be a good question for you. I've been asking all the guests, what's a good way to flip a G right now? Woo! Gotta ask the hustler, <laughs> see what the hustlers say. <laughs> all right, so, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there's a few ways, right? One uh, is through an online course. Okay, I would highly recommend uh, that everybody create an online course based on something that they know or do very well. I have a, I actually have, on, you go to hustleuniversity.org. Is it there? Yeah, hustleuniversity.org. We have a whole library of online courses, but one of them is called How to Create Dope Online Courses, right? So for example, Paul, right now you've been doing this thing, this uh, podcasting since 2008. Automatically, you should have a course on how to create, how to do podcasting. You know what I'm saying? Because you are OG. You got you got young bucks out here doing, you know, creating courses on how to do podcasting. People that came out overnight. You you silverback gorilla in this game, man. Don't let them people get that money. Yeah, I just got, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm just doing now. I'm just doing affiliate. So I got a homie that that do one. So I'm just helping promote his. Okay. Well, cool. <laughs> we but just my point is like that. Yeah. Nah, hey, that's a good way too. But bottom line, everybody should create one way to flip a G. Invest in the equipment necessary. Poe can tell you. How to create a uh, you know to to create to do um, podcasting or not even not pod, podcasting, but how to get in front of a computer and create an online course, right? I, I get I got a course for you. It's called How to Create Dope Online Courses. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, having online courses saved my life. Mm. It saved my life because previous to uh, COVID nineteen, business was popping, man. I mean, this has been the best year ever. It's still the best year financially. This is still the best year ever for Hustle University, even though business is 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 has been down for the last two months, right? Business has been down for the last two months because of COVID nineteen, but it's still the best year ever because of what I did in January, February, and March. Mm. Um, when March hit and COVID nineteen hit, you know, for those that don't know, I. I I travel for a living. I travel and speak all around the country, right? I get paid to speak. And so, and I get paid to speak in schools, right? I consult and train teachers and all that kind of stuff. So all of that work was put on ice, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like with a glacier, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, the I mean, man, business stopped. It didn't slow down. It just stopped immediately. The work that I do in schools and traveling all around this country. But luckily, I had an online course. And that online course allowed me to reposition and pivot my business to focus on that side. And so my point is, is that single, I only had one at the time, that one online course kept things flowing for me. Now, business isn't 
back where it used to be, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's climbing, steadily climbing. You know, in fact, July, I'll probably be back there, but it was because of the creation of the online course, having an online course in the first place. Um, online course is the type of thing that you can create once to get paid forever, mm -hmm. right? It's a beautiful thing. Think about that. Create it one time, get paid forever. The other thing is an online course paid while you sleep, right? I mean, people are generating, you know, like, like Poe said, if you have create an affiliate pipeline, an affiliate system for your online course, you're not the only one that has to sell it. You can get other people to sell it for you. They make a commission, you make money too. And you doing whatever you want to do, raising your child like I am while you're getting paid because other people are helping you, you know, because they're incentivized to do so. That's the other thing for the online course. And then lastly, you know, I mean, think about this, man. You know, if I'm speaking to a group of people in New York, well, I can only talk to those people in New York, you know, 50, 500 people, yeah. But with an online course, I can register a thousand people, a million people all around the country at the same time, you see? So it just takes business to a whole nother level. And last but not least, it's more profitable than what my other business model was, right? Because there's no expenses after creation of it, you know, outside of marketing, you know, you don't, I don't pay for travel. I don't pay for lodging and car rentals and all that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Just click a button, boom, 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 I get paid. So number one, online course. If any of you guys are, in, are into investing, um, real estate is always good in a downturn market, right? I can't tell you. Hey, man, one of the houses, look, I, have, I have three properties, right? One, I purchased for less than $10,000. Hmm. And they give out $10,000 small business loans right now. I'm telling you, I, I did not, you like, see, like, I, I say that, I'm saying this to all you guys here, not to brag. I'm saying this to let you know the possibilities that, and, and the opportunities that are available to you. When, when I was looking for a property, I was planning to spend, you know, at least 50K. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was planning to spend 50K. In fact, 10,000 was, my, in my mind, 10,000 would be a down payment. Down payment. Yeah. yeah, a down payment on a 50K house and, and something else. I did not know that there were houses and properties available at such a low amount of money. You know what I'm saying? No one told me that. So that's the reason why I speak the language. I speak money to help people see. Like, I didn't say, oh, you can get, like, some people will sit here and tell you, oh, you can get houses for the low, low. But what does the low, low mean? Man, I've been, I've been asking this, that question I've been asking people, I've been asking this question, like, all year. Somebody in Detroit said you can get a house for $1,000. Yes, in Detroit, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the sad thing, you know, especially if you're buying in bulk. Detroit is, uh, yeah, at least that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it still is, but when I was up in Detroit looking at properties, man, like literally, man, you can buy a block for 100K. You know, mm. for, uh, for $100,000, you can literally buy, literally buy an entire block wow. in Detroit. And that's just Detroit. There's other cities I'm sure you can do the same thing. But see, that's the thing. We don't, we don't one, we don't think this way. Right. And two, we don't have access to that kind of information. So that's the reason why I speak the language of money and power so that people can understand Hmm, this really what 10K, as Poe said, you know what, they're giving 10K, 10K grants right now. So instead of me complaining uh, about uh, about about other people, instead of me, let me show you, look, let me just talk to you about just let me tell you the difference in mindset that we can um, that we can have in this country. Black people. Let's stop complaining about gentrification and buying other people buying our communities. And let's just buy the community ourselves. Uh -huh. You see, like if you want to protect your community, if you want to protect your community from gentrification, 
Stop whining about white people buying buying your block. You buy it. You have the power. And if you're not, in the, if it, as an individual, if you don't have it, well, you know what? You want to arrange people. You can pull people together to riot in March. Why don't you pull people together to buy the block? You well, understand? You know what I think is wrong with what's messing up black people too? Because I don't know, this might not happen with you, but I remember when I was growing up, it's always like, oh, I can't wait for my kid to get 18 to move out the house. But all these other families, it'll be, they have a nice ass house, but it'll be the grandma in there, the parents and the kids. And they all in there and they all doing together. But us, we so quick that when their kids turn 18, we got to kick them out the house. They got to move on. So I think that's messing us up too. And there's just a lot of things, big brother. A lot of things. And it all comes down to shifting that mindset, man. So yeah, um, real estate property uh, is another one. Uh, and then lastly, uh, and as far as investments, like if any of you play with the stock, the stock market, uh, something that I've been looking at, a friend put me down to, is um, purchasing stock of uh, airline, airline stock. Mm. And uh, the rationale is this. It's going to go back up. <laughs> there's, there's certain markets, there's certain markets that are, that have been hit, you know, by COVID-19 and um, that, that have been, you know, just demolished. This Okay. Let's put it this way. There are some industries that have been demolished by uh, COVID-19. Some of those industries will never come back. Some of those businesses will never come back from COVID-19. It's a new world for them. Buffets buffets is over. Yeah, it's done. It's gone. There's no more of that, right? Like, don't invest in buffets. (laughs) But there are other industries that have been demolished that are going to come back. Right. One of those you can guarantee is going to be airline travel. People got to travel. People got to travel. They will try. They're going to fight to travel. So you can bet that as much as the airline industry is down now because of COVID-19, it's going to come back. I don't know. I don't know when I can't tell you when, but I know for sure, you know, for sure it's coming back. All right. So this is a great time now to invest that, 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 that G right in some stock on airline stock. You know, especially those, uh, you know, those those staple, what they call um, gold, you know, blue, blue chip. Yeah, blue chip. Um, blue American Airlines, Night Airlines, Delta. Yeah. There you go. Those big boys, you know, they, they ain't going nowhere. You know, they're, they're, buy they're, Sprint. they're I can't stand Sprint. I'm like, you going to buy Sprint? Spirit? I, I Spirit. hate Airlines. Yeah, it's I like Greyhound in the air. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, but I don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, know, you know, but again, the whole, the industry will make it, will rebound. The question is when, you don't know when. So you put your G there and, just, and forget about it and then, you know, wait for it to rebound. But guarantee you can make several times the money that you invested in if you're investing at the right time. So those are three ways. All right. Well, I want to appreciate having you on, man. We got to catch up sooner. We can't wait, uh, what that was like, nine years, 10 years. So we got to catch yeah. up sooner. Let's do something regular, man. We could do something on a monthly basis, a, a hustler series or ownership and slave ship series. I don't know, whatever, whatever's good for the brand of pole politic. And man, I salute you for the work you've been doing for such a long time. Thank you for being an OG. Thank you for being consistent and persistent, because we all know that's the secret to success. Being consistent, being persistent helps you get it. Being consistent helps you keep it. Right? So uh, well, I remember, I like you. I said, I remember, uh, like I said, I met you early in my career, so I think you helped. And I actually, I, I know I got, I had a couple of your books. I think my kids took them, but I know mm-hmm. I had a couple of them. I bought the whole little bundle. I don't know why I ain't in the membership, but I know I had that bundle back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, social media? You say, oh, uh, everything Hustle University. If you're looking for me, 
everything at Hustle University, uh, particularly LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are the two ones that I don't really do Facebook much, but Instagram and LinkedIn at Hustle University. You can find me there. Website, uh, hustleuniversity.org. That's hustleuniversity.org. Everything Hustle University or Hotep related is there. And uh, hey, join the movement, people. Ownership of slave shit. That's real power for the people. All right? My man. Popolitikin.com. What's up, everybody? This is Poe from Popolitikin.com. I'm, I'm into wholesale real estate. I did an online course, and I thought it was pretty cool, so I want to share it with y'all. The name of the course is called The Varsity Class, and it's an online course that will teach you the tools to become a real estate investor. This course will show you everything you need to know about wholesaling properties and real estate that can potentially earn you $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 or more. So you can make a lot of money in this wholesale real estate. This is a good course to get you uh, get your foot in the door. So you can change your life today, and the link is bit.ly backslash poe homes so bitly backslash poe homes with an s so thank you check it out i'll holla thanks for listening to poe politicking like i said this is self-help meets hip-hop try to interview the artists or whoever i'm interviewing just try to get a little bit more than just the music or just entertainment try to get some some stuff that you can use in your life that they're saying and this is uh like they say i got it out the mud so 2008 we started it and been doing it this whole time so i appreciate all the listeners we have all my loyal listeners that stay stay down and listen to every episode and so if you want to be a guest make sure you got some five i want some heat but you can contact me at polepoliticking at gmail.com yeah if you want to be a guest hit me up and also make sure you check out the store we sell merch rapper t-shirts.com rapper t-shirts.com so i got the pole politic and merch on there got rapper t-shirts got men's fashion women's fashion got cool stuff on there anybody you know you want to make donations you just like what you hear you like, it's cool i want to support this keep going because you know takes money to build this and keep growing it it's a uh, cash app dollar sign pole politic and that's p-o-p-o-l-i-t-i-c-k-i-n i appreciate that or paypal demo it's always pole politic we're also looking for sponsors. So if you have a book, you have an album you're about to come out with, you're a record label, you're a magazine, anybody that has something they're trying to promote, let me know. You can email me at polepoliticking at gmail. And we can work something out, work out a deal. But yeah, I'm looking for sponsors. So hit me up. And I appreciate all the support. And I'll see you next episode. Ahaha. Popolitikin dot com